Hey guys, what's going on? My name's Zachary, and welcome back to our podcast, Mental Health Burrito, where we de- deconstruct the complex ingredients of mental health through a mixture of our own experiences as well as research. This will be our third episode, and for our third episode, we will be talking about toxic, toxic masculinity. masculinity. Um, yeah, for our third episode, we are switching it up a little bit, um, and we're not talking about um, the same kind of thing that we usually do like in our first couple of episodes um it's a little bit um more on the trend with our stigma episode it's more of a societal issue um and for people who don't know what toxic masculinity is um we thought we'd just go over it really quickly um so toxic masculinity um, is the over-exaggeration, essentially, of what society deems masculine traits that result in harmful behaviors, um, often harming the men themselves, and also um, people who identify as under- other genders around them. Um, and, yeah, so we thought of... So there are plenty of examples of toxic masculinity portrayed, especially in the media, um, where just because everybody's so exposed to it, um, and just a very, and this is kind of old news, but one of the, something that jumps to mind when you think of it is the issue of men being able to wear dresses and dress in what would be considered more feminine, um, attire. And, um, so this example specifically of Harry Styles wearing the dress and that caused a massive ridiculous uproar of people in social media um, especially on Twitter, um, receiving hate and support from all different kinds of directions. Um, Zach? Yeah, in kind of similar, in a similar instance, there was someone recently in the past couple of weeks who identified as a male and he decided to go to prom in a dress, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But at kind of like a pre-party sort of thing, a dad of another kid who was there, um, started to kind of make fun of him um, for wearing that dress. And the kid who's wearing the dress kind of, you know, said, like, no, no, I look beautiful, and this is what I choose to wear. But the dad kept insisting that he was not masculine enough, and he kept making fun of the kid. And as it turned out, um, that dad, who was CEO of some company, ended up getting fired. But even though even though he did get fired, he, repeat, he reportedly was saying that he had no regrets, which I just think is interesting that he was so adamant about what masculinity means and so adamant about how people who identify as men must conform to that, that he's willing to lose his job over that. Yeah, um, just the absolute dedication to what is essentially a social construct. Um, It's not even, it's something that we created as a society. Um, The concept of masculinity, which, you know, there are obviously traits that are more masculine and there are behaviors that are more masculine technically but something as stupid as wearing a dress um and being willing to sacrifice your job for something as stupid as that um that is pretty shocking to read and it's kind of similar to like there were actually there were politicians um coming after harry styles for wearing a dress um public very publicly um, drawing all that attention on themselves, um, knowing, possibly knowing full well what the repercussions of that could be. Mm-hmm. So this is, and for a lot of people, 
a very big issue. This is something that they would prioritize over lots of different things, which doesn't, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to somebody maybe from our generation, and that's pretty generalizing, but somebody from our generation um, who would typically find something as, something like a dress, a man wearing a dress, to be so pointless. Right, yeah, it just goes to show in this, in our Western culture here in America that um, things such as femininity are often looked down upon and masculinity is so prioritized. Another instance of this kind of playing out was in the past couple of years, I believe it was in Texas, a 17-year-old was suspended, 17-year-old person who identified as a man was suspended from his high school for wearing nail polish, and he did receive a good amount of support online, um, but some felt that the school was justified in their decision because you know, he kind of dared to express um, himself in a way that isn't tradition as traditionally masculine and i think that just goes to show that our society highly values masculinity which um some in some ways directly in some ways but kind of by proxy we also devalue femininity and we look down upon that um especially in people who identify as men yeah and that's kind of what it's all about with with the patriarchy and how it influences our society and how it's not about I mean, like, in some ways it is because men and masculinity are so tied together, but in some ways it's just prioritizing masculinity above all else and setting these impossible standards for people who identify as male or are masculine presenting to fit um, these, which causes lots of repercussions, not just for people who are more feminine or people who are expected to present more femininely, but also for the people who are expected to reach these impossible standards and um you know that can that's where we kind of tie back to mental health a little bit um what is expected of men and how that parlays into um who what they make of themselves and how they um how their mental health is affected by that um yeah so we think we there's definitely ways in which toxic masculinity can affect people of all genders, but we think mostly for our discussion today that it makes the most sense to discuss how people who identify as men are affected in terms of their mental health by toxic masculinity and also just the patriarchy and its expectations. Yeah, and it's it's actually something interesting that that has been, I've been seeing a lot more recently when people discuss toxic masculinity is the concept of something called toxic femininity, which I had never heard of before. Um, and it's kind of used as a retort to toxic masculinity. Um, and uh, just from hearing the phrase, you assume that it's feminine traits being exaggerated, you know, kind of being the opposite of um, toxic masculinity, or not the opposite, but the same but applying to femininity in which feminine traits are over-exaggerated in a way that is harmful um, to themselves and others. But, um, and I suppose that could be an interpretation of it, but um, when we read when we read more about it, um, we found an article on Psychology Today and it talks about how toxic femininity is real, but since femininity is not valued 
as much as masculinity in our society because masculinity is at the top of the hierarchy in general um it can't be the same because femininity is put below it directly um so you know there's no power behind it so how could there possibly be something to called toxic femininity um well it actually kind of is a it's kind of a side effect of the patriarchy and toxic masculinity and um it leads to women feeling or people who identify as women people who present more femininely as feeling more inferior and feeling need to um exaggerate femininity because that is what is expected of them um it's also um in relation to if not some people would argue that it's the same thing as internalized misogyny um and some examples of that are um, body shaming, body standards among women. Um, women who feel that you, like, if you're not married to a man, then, um, you know, you have less value. Or shaming other women who are not married to men. Um, stuff like that um, would be considered toxic femininity, according to this article that we found. Um, yeah, so toxic femininity, as defined by... The article we found on psychology today definitely does exist um and definitely can be harmful to people who identify as women as well um but f again kind of as i said we, we really want to talk about the effect this has on mental health for people who identify as men um and in, re in, in regards to that there are some statistics that suggest that um while mental health illness or mental mental illness is sometimes actually at least slightly less common um, in people who identify as men than others. It actually, um, people, or sorry, people who identify as men are also less likely to seek treatment because of stigma surrounding mental health and also the idea that they have to be strong and manly and very masculine. And that can lead to higher suicide rates among men. Men are actually 3.5 times more likely than women to die of suicide. Yeah, um, there's a lot of um, research that suggests that men are much less likely to seek help for their mental illness, um, even after being diagnosed with it. Um, and it's not even it, do, it doesn't even just extend to that; it extends to other behaviors as well, um, like being more likely to um, be alcoholic or binge drink, even um, or the or to experience PTSD, stuff like this. Um, and that just kind of ties back to how um, the expectations of men and how when people talk about toxic masculinity, they it's kind of described as something that men are at fault of that benefits them, but in reality, it's pretty harmful to not only everyone else, but to themselves and it can be, it can be really bad um, in that sense, and it can um, greatly affect their ability to seek help for mental disorders, mental illnesses. Um, yeah, yeah, because toxic masculinity is kind of, I guess, a subset of the patriarchy, and there are definitely ways in which people who identify as men can be benefited from the patriarchy, but toxic mas masculinity is much more subtle and subconscious, and that's why it's not as al not always as easy to identify, um, especially among people who identify as men. 
but it can have these very, very harmful side effects on um, people who identify as men. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and there's so much... Um, there's so many things in society that are associated with masculinity that really don't make much sense at all that just portray a kind of pointless I don't know how to end that sentence but um some things like things like things that are associated with masculinity and femininity like colors like pink and blue pink being associated with femininity and blue being associated with masculinity um and you know even and this is not to say that only people who identify as men can experience toxic masculinity. I would say that I, as a per as someone who identifies as a woman, have ex has experienced toxic masculinity just growing up. I was always one of those girls who thought if I, like, wearing pink, that's gross. I would never wear pink. And I would actively be, I would have the audacity to, like, walk up to a 10-year-old girl and be like, ew, you're wearing pink? Like, that's so, pink is, like, a terrible color. But that's so stupid. Like, <laughs> like why, why is that so like it doesn't just affect people who identify as men and things like this um i guess it just doesn't make any sense really to me and right. now that i'm reflecting yeah. on it like how i acted growing up towards things that are more feminine i felt the need to reject everything feminine i guess um because femininity i probably detected early on is associated with being weak and I would literally go out of my way to shame other girls just for being girly, which, right. you know, is so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I kind of remember um, when I was a much younger child looking at other people, especially those who um, seemed to identify as men, they'd be wearing pink. And I didn't, I don't think I necessarily looked down on that, but I definitely thought that was weird. Like, why are they doing that? Are are they allowed to do that? Maybe not to that um, extreme per se, but I definitely did not recognize that as something that was normal and that people just did. I was just like, well, pink is a girly color. Why are they wearing that? Um, and I think part of it was more curiosity than anything, um, but I just didn't understand. Um, and while that may not be directly harmful, especially since I don't know that I ever like called someone out, um, I guess, for wearing pink, but... It just goes to show that I had kind of internalized already as a fairly young child in elementary school that, you know, pink was to be for girls and blue was to be for boys and so on. And that, you know, anything against that was inherently unnatural. Yeah, and that's 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 where the issue is. It's not just the thinking that, um, you know, pink is for girls, blue is for boys, but it's how it affects, like, our behaviors, it's where it turns into a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and I honestly, when I was feeling as a child that I'm not allowed to wear pink and girls who wear pink are inferior to me or something stupid like that, um, I actually should have probably been feeling jealous of them because they were going around, they were doing whatever they wanted. They were wearing whatever they wanted, playing with makeup, doing whatever. And I, um, I hated all of that. I didn't feel comfortable doing any of that because, um, you know, I suppose I felt weaker when I did that. Um, and, you know, that shouldn't be considered being superior to somebody because of that, rather than, you know, what they're doing, which is actually stronger in a way. Right. Um, so it's not to say that conforming to, like, feminine 
or masculine stereotypes is a bad thing. Um, it's... It's just that not allowing for anyone to not conform to these ideas of what is feminine and what is masculine is restricting and quite harmful. Um, when you think about, like, the example we brought up, or Delaney mostly brought up, of, you know, pink and blue, that kind of seems harmless uh, at the beginning, but as she kind of said, as you kind of said, like, there are ways in which that can be harmful. And even if that specific, um, I guess, way that certain things are associated with masculinity and femininity, even if that specific thing isn't always as harmful, um, what it, what it kind of is a symptom of masculinity versus femininity and the need to separate those, that can be very harmful. Um, and not, and assuming that everyone has to conform to one or the other, especially based on the gender that they were assigned when they were born, can be very, very harmful, um, even if it may not seem so on the surface, which is why um, this kind of plays into the mental health of, in in our, in the, the case of our discussion of people who identify as men, because they are forced into these ideas of what it means to be masculine and they aren't allowed to express vulnerability or at least they probably they may not feel like they are allowed to and that is how that becomes harmful yeah it, it's not just through things like colors and clothes that um masculinity is demanded or femininity is demanded but it's <clears throat> it's in behaviors as well and it's almost like assuming that if a guy were to wear pink, he were he would be he would be expected to act more femininely as well, and that would be considered inferior um, because it's not the masculine expectation of what a man should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about all of these things, like like the colors especially, is that they sort of come from nowhere because a long time ago, I'm not entirely sure when. It used to be the other way around, actually. Men, or um, boys were um, expected to wear colors like pink, and girls were expected to wear blue. Blue was associated with fertility and being feminine, and pink was associated with masculine and <laughs> masculinity. Masculinity. Um, <laughs> and at some point, that flips around, and that's just the new normal. That's just what's expected, and it's absolutely unacceptable in lots of cases for that to be changed but like it did change so that's just important to consider when like thinking about where these stereotypes come from um and sort of how meaningless they are at the end of the day right yeah they're definitely always subject to change and they are definitely not static, but for, you know, a time they they do seem that they are, and during that time, anything that deviates from those ideas and those concepts is unacceptable, or at least seen by many, by enough, as unacceptable um, and just not okay. Yeah. Um, and the way that that ties back into just how we perceive ourselves and how we understand our own mental health and how we go through our own journey with mental health, um, whether we are able to seek help or not. 
um, is just, um, honestly, none of it makes it any easier. Um, all of it is pretty, all of it affects it greatly. And even though men are technically found to be less likely to be inflicted with a mental illness, when they are found to have a mental illness, it is just way more dangerous in, in lots of cases because of stuff like this. So that's kind of what our episode was about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thank you. That was that was actually our very last episode because we're done now. Yep. That that those those were the three. Those were the three episodes, and this one was pretty different from our other two. We almost have as many episodes as we have listeners. <laughs> we're like one off. Actually, we might. I think we actually only have three listeners oh, at the yeah. moment. We're but there. hey, if you're a new listener, congratulations! You just broke that record. You just surpassed the amount of episodes that we have. Wow! Look at you go. Look at look at you go. So proud of you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna end it now. Right. Thank you. Thank you.